Hello world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 86. There are benefits there, and I don't want it just to be a, well, I'm just turning my mind off, because that's not the case. And that's what is given the rap for video games, is you're just turning your mind off, and that's not at all the process. I would venture to say that many video games have a far more redeeming value than watching a TV show. But self-care can also mean that you care for yourself by connecting with others. This week's podcast is brought to you by MoGive. MoGive helps you create a culture of generosity at your church, whether your attendees are in the sanctuary or a hundred miles away. With no setup fees, subscription fees, or contracts, MoGive makes it easier than ever to integrate mobile and online giving for your church, ministry, or nonprofit organization. Make 2016 a MoGive year. Learn more and sign up for free at MoGive.com. That's M-O-G-I-V. This week, we kick back, relax, and talk about having fun. (laughs) Join in with the Church Mag podcast using the hashtag CMAGCast. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to the in-between episode of the Church Mag podcast. And I say in-between because uh, with we normally release the podcast on a Friday, uh, then we, there's a blog post that follows then on a Sunday. And the way it happens this year, Friday is Christmas and Friday is New Year's. And so this is the one, this is the podcast that fits awkwardly between the two. <laughs> and it seems like, especially between Christmas and New Year's, everyone's kind of like, you know, half in it at work because you have a short work week followed by another short work week. And so we're going to half this episode in a, a sort of way. Mostly we're just going to have fun because... You know, 2015, you worked hard, you should have a little fun, and one way that we have a little fun around here is with Minecraft, and finally, 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 after how many months, Jeremy, we finally got filled on Minecraft? It's too long, and too long, brother. Too long. Too exact long time (laughs) is how long. Phil, tell us, man, what was your, like, first impressions? What was it, like, the first time that you cracked in to Minecraft? I can't talk right now, guys. I'm I'm trying to dam up a a, a waterfall. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the irony of the situation. We were going to record and do a whole thing on the back end, and we could post on YouTube. And I always play while we do Minecraft, but Phil can get in, and me and Eric cannot because the authentication servers are down so the sweet sweet irony is is i have to sit here and twiddle my thumbs while phil who was all against this blah 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 is mining i was never against he was never against it no no he was never against it he just was not into it yeah and i'm i'm still like like i'm almost kind of people who i'll do something for like two weeks and i'm like okay i'm done you know, so he was cautiously pessimistic, more like more like I don't know how much more nerdy I can get and still be a grown man. You know, I just <laughs> so that, that's what it was. It has nothing to do with like not liking it. OK, well, as we record this on December 19th, let me ask you, have you seen the new Star Wars film yet? I have not. So there's still plenty of bandwidth for you to become nerdier. Well, that's true. But like. As far as being a grown man, I, I turned 32 today, so I, I cannot. Um, I don't know how much I can. I, I don't know how much I can afford to like risk my maturity. Phil, I'm 39. 
You're safe. Yes, but you also live in Italy, where standards are lower. <laughs> what standards? What those? I'm just joking. I don't know. I'm just, I can't think straight. I'm trying to mine obsidian, brother. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Phil, when you have relayed your first experience to us about the first time. Oh, wait. No, here we go. So, if you've ever listened to the podcast and you've heard clicking in the background, if you think it's because these guys are like meticulously and feverishly researching as they talk online about the topic at hand, no, they are not. That was actually Jeremy playing Minecraft while we recorded. True story. Got to trade that uh, sugar cane for paper and then get some emeralds out of it. And if you don't know what Jeremy just meant, then get some Minecraft on so that you actually know, because it is a lot of fun. And it, so much fun, we decided that Church Mag would basically sponsor a server. Now, I, I say we very loosely. Actually, Jeremy... Uh, said, hey, Eric, I got this great idea. Let's let's have <laughs> let's have a church mag Minecraft server. And I'm like, well, what's that going to cost? <laughs> Wait, you, you make it sound so formal. It was more like, hey, Eric. Hey, Eric. Eric, can we please have a Minecraft server, please? Yes. I think it was more of a incessant whining that's got the server than me just simply asking. It, it was very reminiscent of my son and because it did have to do with video games it was a pretty easy yes on my on my end of things but it's really cool to see how the community uh built around it basically that that was the justification well you know it, we want to do this kind of community experiment because jeremy does like to mess around with different mediums he likes to he likes to blog he likes to do infographics he likes to do videos he likes to do vlog you know like all these kind of different forms of media and so he was thinking hey what what if we kind of did something like that with with uh, church mag and a minecraft server and we got a bunch of people on there having a great time Absolutely. in fact we recently had to upgrade the server because it just wasn't handling it. Because although Jeremy jokes about being a little kid and Phil jokes around about being a little kid and everything, the kind of stuff that these guys build are just like phenomenal. They're out of this world. You can check them out. If you go to churchmag forward slash Minecraft, you can see kind of an index of all the different videos and stuff that these guys have uh, put together on the server. So let's, let's talk generally here for a second though in in defense of play you know because not everyone's gonna like minecraft minecraft's a it's a niche flavor you're a niche flavor but there's an important aspect here i think under underlying all this and it's we you need to play okay i was watching um <clears throat> i'm gonna go ahead and just totally undercut my i don't want a grown man speech a minute ago i was watching star trek the other day and um <laughs> the original series and it's the episode shore leave which by the way i have some serious thoughts about that episode it's really a lot trashier than i thought it would have been but anyway i'm watching shore leave and it's an episode where the um the enterprise was upon this planet that it seems seems perfect at first and then things are going weird turns out it's this weird it's amusement park world created by this uh, much, much more highly evolved species. And on this planet, anything you think of can, can come true or, or come to life, I guess I should say. So if you think of an old friend, they'll appear. If you think of, uh, you know, like an, um, an old West six shooter, it'll appear. And all these things will, 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 will just randomly appear. If you think about them, it's a place where all your wildest dreams can come true. Hmm. And at the end of it, they meet the caretaker, and he's explaining all this to them. And one of the crewmen's like, "Play who? Who plays?" And Kirk, because Kirk is the phantom of all wisdom, Kirk drops this line 
the more complex the mind, the more need for the simplicity of play. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, in that we, we do ourselves a disservice when we, when we neglect the, the human need for play. Absolutely. Because in one sense, what do you think heaven's going to be? It's not going to be like we're – I mean, it'll be worship, but, but we do ourselves an, another disservice, assuming that worship is just um, singing songs. Worship is life. Worship is behavior. Worship is attitude. And so I, I fully believe that – that heaven will not just be a quote-unquote worship service. It will be a life of worship, and that's going to be a big part of that. It's going to be play. So I don't disagree. Let me bring it from a youth pastor standpoint, because youth pastors (laughs) have the reputation of they don't work at all. All they do is play, and so there's no reason to take a vacation because you haven't actually done anything to take a vacation from. That's true, I thought. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I'm I'm poking Jeremy. I was I was a pastor too once. Sure, part time, but I I understand. And and so there's this huge. I mean, this isn't like a oh maybe that's just to your church or to that one person in the church. This is like a huge problem within the church of let's enjoy life and, and maybe this is an american culture thing because i haven't seen this outside of the american context because america does have this let's just go 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 but at least within the context i have seen and i've done a lot of youth ministry work and nationally been a part of things is that you can engage well in play it just as you had said phil just working with teenagers and that's how and you enter into their world and you do the things that they do. And then you start to tell them about Jesus and all this stuff, but people seriously look down on that. And then you get into the realm of self care. And if that's how you do self care, people are like, well, that's not very spiritual. You should be praying. You should be reading your Bible and not playing video games. And there's this mentality that if it doesn't have a strong, strong spiritual components that you're just wasting your life and you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, people are kind of funny, though, how they pick and choose their media, I think. And it's 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 a media form that is as legitimate as film, books, you know, in any any medium, right? It's equal to. In fact, I would challenge and I would venture to say that, that uh, many video games have a far more... Uh, uh, redeeming value than watching a TV show. Not only are the the plots thicker, but the problem solving and the strategy and, and the way it makes your mind work differently than just sitting there vegging out. Well, I think I think Jeremy, you're right. People don't see a spiritual component of play, and it's because they have been dead for a long time. Um, we, we are creatures that are both physical and spiritual, and the physical can affect the spiritual, not in the sense that, like, our well, things we do in the body affect our spirit. We're well aware of that. That's called sin. But at the same time, our spirit affects our body. And if we, if we are, um, for, you know, in, in close proximity to God, then we can, his presence within us gives us strength and, 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 and energy and resolve to, to do his work. But, you know, the, the need for play and the need for work, it's a, it's, it's a definitely a balance where you have to, if you're not working, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be depressed. I, I honestly feel like, and I'm not meaning clinically because there's a whole lot of things I'm not trying to simplify depression, but there, there is a huge component to 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 the human psyche and part of its work and then part of its play and if you don't balance those two things you you risk some serious issues in your mental health and i think that we um we we 
certain Christians want to create this this fake divide between what's secular and what's sacred. Like this is spiritual, this is not spiritual. But anything offered up to God and with a, with an earnest heart can be spiritual. Mm-hmm. One of the favorite one of the favorite uh, approaches to you shouldn't be playing video games. That I heard that were constantly thrown at me is. You don't see Jesus ever playing video games in the Bible, so you probably shouldn't either. <laughs> I didn't see Jesus even using a toilet in the Bible either. Or a fork. Does it talk about that? Hey, Jesus also never voted Republican either, so sit down and shut up. <laughs> sorry, it's a little bit of personal issues there. Sorry, that probably shouldn't have said that. We'll, 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 we'll but, just, I did, but I did say we'll it. Just, but I did should say we it. scroll by that one mm-hmm. or click like? I think you should share that one. <laughs> but I mean, but honestly, that's that's a that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard, Jeremy. So I don't know who said that to you, but I'm gonna pray for them. Well, it's my mom, so thanks. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so for me, the so let's just have this general assumption that video games is okay. It's a spiritual component. It's something that we can do as far as self care. So what are some of your guys' best experiences as far as video games from your life in general, whether it's younger, older, kids, yourself, whatever it is? Like, like, like most fun games or most beneficial games? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or that one moment that just sticks with you. Well, most fun games, I have, four, I have three brothers. So for us, the most fun games are the games like GoldenEye or uh, Smash Brothers, where we could play together and play against each other. Um which was fun because it was a camaraderie. Like we still talk about it. We would we would play Smash Brothers on the sixty four, and we would set it to um, ninety nine guys for each of us, and we'd play for an hour and a half together. And yeah, okay, we could you could go play basketball together. Well, we sure could. And then one brother who's a basketball player would smoke us all. You know, <laughs> not much fun. But with the, with the uh, Smash Brothers, it was a little more level playing field. There's still definitely people who are better than others, and I was the worst. But. Um, it was a lot of fun. And we, we played GoldenEye. We do the same thing. We we bring our 64 of us to Christmas. And my, my the four of us and our two cousins would, would do you know, do team-ups, do tournaments. And we'd play in uh, GoldenEye together. It was a lot of fun. We taught our grandpa how to play GoldenEye. Hmm. And he sucked. And then and then he found the shotgun. And it was basically like, all right, boys, I know how to use this gun. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and he started. He actually pulled out a few, uh, pulled out a few kills there at the end. But it was just it, it. It was a moment where we could definitely we could identify that as like a okay, this is a camaraderie moment. This is a, a memory we're going to remember forever. Yeah, and, and I think that you know whether it be the multiplayer situation. Because I know you know as far as our family goes, we've had uh, the moments where um, all four of us finished um the super mario wii game together that was really cool you know one by one at the very end when bowser's coming after you what each of us would be, were dying and it was my wife left and she finished it off and the the family cheered and it was it was a pretty epic moment um uh or i remember when i when i first saved the princess in super mario on the on the nes uh my, my father thought that we should maybe record me doing the whole thing and then they could play the tape um, at the video rental store so people could see how to beat it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, and so you had those moments where, you know, you really felt like, you know, you were on top of the world and, and that sort of thing. Whether it be, you know, cooperative, like I remember playing hours and hours of Mario Kart 64 as well as Goldeneye. Um, 
I recently got uh, Counter-Strike Global Offense, and I was kind of messing around with it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the adult version of N64, of uh, GoldenEye. No wonder this this thing is, is so huge. You suddenly have, you know, these thousands and thousands of people that kind of love the GoldenEye concept uh, doing it online, and so... Um, you know that 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 was pretty cool too, and of course, as as we talk about pr- play, whether it be you know shooting the bad guys and being the hero, um, which you know with the modern games, the storylines are in such a way that you know you're making moral decisions, and you can make good ones and you can make bad ones, and it just really feels great to be the good guy. At least for me, anyway. Some people like to play play the being the bad guy and, and making poor choices, which I, I can never bring myself to do. Um, I don't, what is this whole, I feel like we've gone through a whole phase now where society where the bad guy is the good guy. And I'm not even in an anti-hero sense, like legitimate bad guys. Like people love Loki and they love Moriarty and it, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I, I I can't bring myself to play games like Grand Theft Auto uh, or even Watch Dogs. The Watch Dogs is a little bit too borderline mm-hmm. for me. He's just a little bit too much of the anti... I mean, he's he's supposedly a good guy. He's a victim in a sorts, but you can still go up and, and shoot innocent people and steal from them and, you know, all these all these malice things. I, I, I can't play games like that. I just I just can't personally. Yeah, I think there's it's okay to still live in that process for yourself, but then also for your family. So I think that that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And obviously even the limit on how engaged you are in that process, because I know a lot of people, some of the people on the church mag server, and I'm not going to call them out, but a couple of people said that they struggle with playing too much video games and having that boundary as well. So there's, mm-hmm. it can be anywhere in that process. When that dopamine gets created in your brain and you're really enjoying that process and you want to just keep feeding that, you need to just be careful in that process. So too much of a good thing. Totally agree. I, I was listening to a podcast um, the other day, and when they're talking about you know video games and electronics with kids, <clears throat> and one of the people on there said that he was a kid. His brother, you know, got into reading because you know why not? Reading's reading's cool, and he would read novels all the time and ignore everyone else mm-hmm. and say, "How is it different than video games?" But but people don't comment on it because it's books, right? Sure. Like, and I, th- I think he's right. And actually, historically speaking, people there was a huge uproar against novels in the early part of the late part of the nineteenth, the early part of the twentieth century, where people felt like novels were sinful because people get wrapped up in them, mm-hmm. and they, you know, it, it, it would just it's a fantasy world, and they and there's this, this weird knee jerk, you know, pseudo Christian backlash against novels, and 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 people act like you know. Oh, video games are the worst things ever, and but books are great because books are books are old and they got they've gained acceptance now. Mm-hmm. Right, right, exactly. It's the way people, you know, they put. Well, we 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 put limits on our tablet time. It's like no one ever says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." How, how long have you been mm-hmm. reading that book? Put that book down. Uh, I've had many times where put the book away. It's time for dinner. Put the book away. It's time to go. Come on, let's go. Let's go. And so it would become an annoyance. Oh yeah, no, this is true. This is true. But the, the but the whole concept in general, like no one's touting that, even though it's technology and and it takes you away from real life and real things. I mean, everything's painted the same. It's it's painted with the same brush. It's just a different color. Um, so and, and I think I think the point of all this and you know. 
we were talking about play at, at one point being being healthy for you. Play can look um, a lot different too. You know, it can be playing outside. It can be, uh, you know, s- sitting down and playing Legos with your kids. I mean, it can look so many different ways. And I think that if people would maybe relax a little bit and be willing to let themselves play, that they might find themselves playing in other ways as well sure. that are very healthy. I think for me, one of the big ones, whenever I was growing up, and there's a lot of different things, but I would always have the youth ministry whenever I was just a volunteer, not just a volunteer. I used to yell at people for that. But when I was a volunteer for a youth ministry, I was still in college, still kind of enjoying life of not, <laughs> having, you go now. Not, <laughs> not having not having the responsibility of stress that goes with that of running a ministry. And so I would just play along and whatever they did, I, I followed the directions. But I was starting to get more and more engaged in the process and they were starting to give pieces of it to me is that entire youth ministry, which was a lot of people that I grew up with, whether in the same school or whatever, we would every single, I think almost every single Friday get together in the youth group room. And so we're the volunteers and but we're taking over the room from like 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. and just play together and just enjoy time hanging out. And constantly, I love whenever youth ministry talks about engage with your team. And this is something that the youth pastor didn't even talk about. We just asked, hey, can we all get together and do this thing together? And so he opened the doors for us and they had a projector. They had like a complete surround sound system. We would always get four different pizzas and tons of soda and stuff like that. And just the entire place. And what happened in that process was more and more people said, Hey, you guys are having a lot of fun over there. You want to hang out or can we join you? And we would pitch, Hey, do you guys want to volunteer with us at the same time? Cause this is a volunteer thing. And it rapid, it was amazing. They would rapidly grow the team. And at the same time we would play stuff like halo and I would get all uppity about it, the process. If I got shot, I'd what? No. And then when I did, I would jump around and stuff like that. So there's a lot of good memories associated with that process, but even in the same time, just enjoying how it would be a place of fellowship. And at the same time, a place of just growing the ministry at the same time. So it was really cool to see mm-hmm. all that. And, and I think historically speaking, and Phil, you could probably speak to this a little bit, the geek comic book, video game playing culture in the church has is is often uh squelched it's stomped and it's killed because it is it is perceived negatively by the church well and and there's there's some good reason for it because comic books have historically been known to be to support a, a non-biblical worldview and non-biblical morality but rather than rather than encourage people interested in those areas to go in those areas and redeem that media we have instead decided to close ourselves off from it which which cracks me up like movies were for the longest time you know the one of the most sinful things you could do okay for the hostels <laughs> even still some people are like oh you go to the theater um uh no i meant yeah, uh, I, meant, yeah. I went, went to the fox saw play uh, yeah yeah not 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 movies oh movies are icky it's gross it's yeah no theater yeah. like play yeah. acting theater we stage. saw uh joseph and the technical dream coat yeah it was biblical it's all biblical but anyway <laughs> but, so but we now we make christian movies and and they're and they're they're more or less lame but we're trying you know but Christian right, comic right. books really have not pulled through. There aren't a lot of, I know of, Christians or even theists who engage in making comics. 
because for a reason we, we refuse to redeem that media. Well, and I don't even necessarily mean become creators of the media as much as the uh, subcultural group of people to love on and to care for and to be interested in and to um, be a part of the body of Christ. Well, yeah, there's that component as well, but I feel like, I feel like to, to a certain extent, it goes, it goes a little bit hand in hand in that mm. like if, you, if you're not going to redeem, okay, the, you're not gonna redeem mean, the media, yeah. you're not going to reach out to people who are in that media. Right. Okay. I sure. see what you mean. But it's, it, it's interesting because like when it comes to, for instance, video games, because we have talked about that and our culture does play them. As far as biblical video games, it's it's absolutely horrific. What what is out there? Did you have, did you have Moses and Joshua when you were? A kid? Oh yeah, I played that. Yeah 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 yeah. Which is basically a puzzle Those game. Were Those were bad. They, they were bad. And I remember I saw one on Steam. It was like 3D Noah's Ark. It's like you got to like gather up the animals or something. I'm like this is. Exodus and Joshua, we played those. They weren't that bad at all. I, I, I actually enjoyed those right, games. But they really weren't, there wasn't anything biblical about them. They had trivia questions between the levels. Yeah. And they have they had biblical characters and elements, but they were just a puzzle game. That's all they were. It was like, kind of like Link. It was like, it was like Zelda. But like, but, but not but, like but, Zelda. But parents, could know, <laughs> but parents could know that their kids were being indoctrinated with some sort of weird fairy magic crap. Let's be honest. Crazy fairy magic crap. It's the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. Once you get hooked, you don't get out. I mean, I had a friend. He was playing Zelda when he was 10, right? By the time he's 15, he's into cards. And then by 17, yeah, yeah, 17, he's got he's got a little fanny pack full of his magic set, okay? And then by 18, by 18, okay, he was he had basically built his own house in his parents' basement. He was, he was not leaving home. I have it's so many people that walk Some dark out. stuff. Some dark, dark stuff. I have so many people that walk into my office because of that crazy fairy magic crap. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's it's overtaking our nation. They need to, they, we need to get the, we need to get the DEA making commercials about fairy magic crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the technical term, fairy magic yeah, you crap. you think cocaine is bad, this stuff will wreck you. <laughs> I wonder if I know that he comments on this so hard. People are so furious. <laughs> My, I lost a brother to cocaine and I'm like, I lost a guild member to fairy magic crap. <laughs> <laughs> that guild joke there. Did you get that? Okay. Yeah. We would have been able to re- revive him, but our team member only was a level seven. Just didn't have it. I wonder if I know us three are kind of dogpiling on this because we all stand on this end and there's no real pushback in this process. I wonder if us saying this to the, church mag people that we haven't yet identified what their name is if if we are just preaching to the choir and they're like oh yeah we're finally on board which is great because i love the community i love the supports and i coming from a pastor standpoint phil you're the same way fully endorse the idea of video games are great and should be used they should not be abused and keep going and keep and keep investing in yourself in that process for your faith and for your life. But I wonder if there's anybody on, on the other end of this podcast that would be like, no, that's a terrible idea. And maybe to have a good conversation with this process that I would love to have that conversation. I I think the, 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 for me, the only, like the only, I love video games and I've always enjoyed, um, I've always enjoyed games. Like I play board games. I, I like playing. You know what I'm saying? I like, I like the, the, the mental challenge of these games. So, mm-hmm. right. So f- for me, I think, Jeremy, the idea about, you know, don't abuse them, that's where I think we almost need to do more and communicate more that, mm-hmm. and that's because with anything, any, any area of your life that takes, 
that that, that takes an unhealthy precedence over God or exactly. family exactly. or commitments. That's a, a problem. And it's not, oh, yeah, I spent 15 hours on Minecraft this weekend. They go, you have kids, don't you? Well, you know, yeah, but they, I fed them lunch. <laughs> you know, just like, you know, that's not cool. Um, when, when, when Facebook games were huge, um, I knew a guy who spent um, five to six hours a night. He had two kids. He had a wife. He had a job. And yet, six hours a night, he's playing Farmville. I mean, come on. What's that? First off, what a lame game. But <laughs> come on. Right. What's going on? What, what's that about? You, you, you've, you've got commitments. You're, you're a grown up. You know, you, you have to delay pleasure uh, in order to get things done. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- those fundamentals, like you said, go across this, the board on everything. This has actually inspired me. I, I posted on our Minecraft Church Mag Slack channel asking them how they're doing as far as that's concerned because this makes me want to have that conversation with the guys of where you guys at with this process is this something that you're still currently struggling with too much time on video games not enough time with family or faith or friends or whoever else yeah it it was it was difficult for me many many years ago and so i was just away for from it for a long time um so you know having that break maybe be able to to keep that in check so for me it's just it's just kind of a weekend thing friday saturday a little sunday in the evening after the kids are in bed that whole kind of thing and so you know those are kind of the the times that i've set aside for that um if if i didn't have so much work to do i might would do it a little bit during the week in the evenings um but i just i've got too much too much on my plate, so I don't do it. Um, so I've, I've actually kind of have that opposite issue with that, where I'll be like, you know what, I better skip this weekend, and or better skip tonight, and and do this extra project. And my wife is like, no, you need to. <laughs> she sees the benefits that 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 has on me creatively and emotionally, and you know everything. Kind of having that uh, that self. What did you call that, Jeremy? Self care. Care. Self care. Yeah. Um, and so she'll she'll encourage me to to. You know, do it anyway. Take the time, set the time aside, and do it. Um, so, you know, that's where I am personally, and so I really do empathize—not sympathize, but actually empathize with these guys. That um, you know, that it can hook into them and and really, you know, control them. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I've also had the same—I also have the same struggle with food, and so to me, the the similarities are strikingly similar. So when when people push too hard on the one thing, I'm just like, well, pff, it's the same. It's the same struggle. <laughs> it's just a different vice. So well, like for me, like I'm I'm a person. I, I have a hard time with balance, and so yeah, I'm either I'm either pouring myself into writing or to reading or to playing. Is it because you're so tall? What? Is that why you have a hard time with balance? No, I don't think so. Oh, is it because you're oh, so tall? Center of gravity joke. Oh, I gotcha. oh you mean uh-huh. life balance? Yeah, oh, okay. Right. So. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, hold on, real quick. I gotta take a laugh break, real quick here. All right, I'm back. So, yeah, um, for me, like, I'm just, I, I get into something. And so, if I'm writing and I'm really working on something and I'm, I'm feeling good about it, I'll go for an hour and a half, two hours and not, not realize I'm neglecting people. Same with reading a book, same mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, playing a game. So, uh, for me, I have got to get, become better. This is, uh, this is, uh, I'm better now than I used to be. But there's still times when I um, I forget the, the need for balance, and I forget the need um, for you know self care uh, through uh, 
um, connection, you know, like we often think self care means isolation, you know, withdrawing, it's kind of checking yourself right. and it right. can mean that at times, but self care could also mean that you care for yourself by connecting with others. That is so true. That is so true, Phil. And, and let me, um, my, my personal application, sometimes my self care is, um, cooking lunch or walking to the store those kind of things. Those you might would say, well, that's a chore or that's, you know, taking care of your family. But actually that act works as a self-care element for me. Like it, it breaks me away from what I'm normally doing. It breaks me away from my work, my, my daily grind. It pulls me away from the grind. Yeah. And to somebody else that look, might look like work or something that is not quote unquote self-care, but in actuality, it's, it really is powerful self-care cooking. Can you believe it, guys? <laughs> well, I mean, it is for me. Like, like, um, like last night, I got home from work and I put some stuff away, and I it was like four o'clock. Like, All right, I'm gonna do some dishes, you know, because I just I like when I can look at the sink and it's good. The sink is empty. My wife had done a whole bunch of stuff that day, so I in no way in no way was I expecting her to do to do more chores. I thought, okay, I will put some dishes away, and I, I put them in the dishwasher and ran it, and I washed the ones that wouldn't fit, and it was you know took me half an hour, which is not a lot of time, but it was a nice little moment for me to do something. It's one productive, but it's not what I usually do, and it's productive for the benefit of others and myself. Now, we we haven't had a dishwasher in years here. And so we do the the by hand thing, and um, yeah, uh, this is my first dishwasher in the history of my adult life. <laughs> Congrats, right? I've, I we, well, we've been married. This is our, this is our eighth and a half, eight and a half year of marriage, and this is our first year of the dishwasher. Is it just me, or so, is it not? We paid our dues, bro. For for <laughs> for me with the dishwasher thing, it's like it's really just a sanitization process. Like the whole to me, you almost wash them. Bef- it's like a pre wash. I know some people just no, stack them this in. This is a sweet dishwasher. I, I had the same problem with my parents' dishwasher at home uh, when, I was, when I was in college. But no, this dishwasher is amazing. The only thing uh, um, we make our we home we do homemade oatmeal, and if you don't get that bowl in the oh, sink yeah. with some water yeah, in it, forget about it. It turns it turns into concrete. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, it gets everything off. I know what you mean. Though I'm the same with I'm the same way with with dishes. You know, like it just lets your head just that kind of like that monotonous repetitive task and then you're like your mind can can is freed up to do some other things it's it's, it can be quite liberating when you're trying to to uh think something up in your brain i was gonna say i don't even want to make it a repetitive task because sometimes it's just simply allowing yourself to give yourself space to process what's going on and so i don't want it to seem like well you're just numbing yourself because there's problems with that but whether it's video games where you're using the logic part of your brain because you've just done a completely relational job, not looking at myself, I'm looking at myself, or you want to get some things accomplished because you've been doing a job where you spent eight hours and did not complete your project. And so you just simply need to have a period of time where you're saying, you know what, I just got the dishes done. Things are going well for me now. That can be an extremely powerful self tool for yourself where you are accomplishing something you can say you know what work was really difficult but at least i got to check the box off for this and so i would be careful in the sense of not 
of downplaying that process because you can, there are benefits there. And I don't want it just to be a, well, I'm just turning my mind off because that's not the case. And that's what is given the rap for, for a video game is you're just turning your mind off. And that's not at all the process. It's not, it's not turning your mind off. It's occupying um, parts of your mind that get in the way of deeper thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like for me, I used to work at um, a library in high school. And while I hated it, I produced a lot of good thinking while I was doing what's called shelf reading, which is where you go to a section of the library and you start at the beginning and you make sure all the books are in order and you, you front and face the books, you line them up properly and you'd spend half an hour to an hour cleaning up some shelves, making sure they're all in order only to come in the next day and they're all out of order again, you know, cause people are, people are depraved, but it, <laughs> it was, yeah, they're, mon- they're the worst. People are the freaking worst. But anyway, it was a great, it was really beneficial. And I had some good prayer times, a good th- thinking time in there. And I've, it's come to my mind that if I ever became like a full-time writer, I think I would go to a library and volunteer. I kind of do some shelf reading for you guys like twice, twice a week, because it's, it's great because your, your, your conscious mind is doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it distracts it enough to where your subconscious can kind of slowly poke through and like um, there's a, a series of, of kids novels. Um, Eric, you might have read them to your kids because your kids are old enough. Uh, ever read the Great Brain Stories? No, I actually haven't. Oh man, they're great. They're fantastic. There's, well, and these kids are um, Catholic kids um, growing up in Utah in the uh, late 1800s, and uh, it's a, a great series of, of, of books. But this kid named um, I think his name is Tom. Fitzgerald, um, and he he's called the Great Brain, and he's got a, like a photographic memory, uh, and it's it's incredible. It's it's there's semi true stories written written by his younger brother, and he um would you know do all these cool tricks and stuff using his using his Great Brain, but um one of the things uh, that he he learned to do was he would be doing menial stuff, and his brain would be churning away like his subconscious mind. And so he'd he'd put a, he'd sit down with the problem, think about it for a few minutes, put it in his put it in his subconscious mind, and then go to bed and let mm-hmm. it keep working. And so that's that's one of the things that I try to do is I think like for example, I'm preaching on Sunday morning in, in, in two weeks. I don't usually preach on Sunday mornings, and so I've had my sermon topic in the back of my head for about a month. And then last week, my subconscious mind popped up and said, "Yeah, this ain't gonna work." So I dropped it. <laughs> so <laughs> last week I thought of a new topic and it's been churning away back in my, my back of my head. And so when I sit down and pray for, you know, just my, my, my daily prayers, I pray about my topic, I pray about my message, but it might, it's in the back of my, back of my head churning away. Right. And when I go to sit down later today to write it out, it'll pretty much be written out for me in my yeah, head. That, that's actually why startups in Silicon Valley have those kind of video games and ping pong and everything yeah. else that they have in their office because they want things to be turning. That's why they encourage them to eat lunch and dinner and to not have to be thinking about where am I going to get these things? Not because they're sweet perks and you're going to get hired, though that's a huge benefit. That's why Google's so renowned. But it's actually for exactly what you're saying of I'm not spending time thinking about food. I'm spending time thinking about that. And then and so while you're eating, you're just still in the back of your mind processing instead of overcomplifying complicating it and then you have the other end where you're playing ping pong and it's like oh i just figured that out and so you can process those things in your brain and and so it's something that they use in high and in very technology driven companies so that's something just to be 
thinking about as well. Yeah, that's why I'm always anxious sometimes. Sometimes that's why I try to when I have a new project to get it started because if I can get it officially started, I know that if if I leave an incubation process, that the final result mm-hmm. of the project is always better. So let's say you need to do just kind of a random thing. Let's say you need to do like a logo, right? And it's due on the tenth. Um. If you start it on the 8th or 9th and spend a couple hours to have it done by the 10th, it's going to suck. So what I have figured out is if I start it a few weeks beforehand, start it, and then set it aside, and then visit it weeks later, I can then finish it up, tweak it, change it. The final result is much, much, much better because during the time that I haven't touched it, I haven't touched the work. My brain is able to to work on it and to refine it and to make it better over, you know, over that period of time. So even though I'm a bit of a procrastinator, what I've learned is if I could just get it started, if I could get the ball rolling, then I know that my brain will do the the background processes that it needs to to have a better result in the end. Exactly. Exactly. A little more like an every man kind of situation. Um, yes. Yes. We went on a vacation uh, for two days, came back, could not find the keys to my classroom. And I looked everywhere like four times. And in the back of my head, I keep, my brain keeps telling me, sit down and relax, and you'll, you'll find them, okay? So finally, after almost a week of looking for my keys, I said, you know what? Tonight, I'm just going to go home, sit in my wingback chair, and do nothing for like 20 minutes, and remember where my keys I should have known you had a wingback chair. What? Do you have also have oh, – I should have known you dude, had a wingback chair. I had a wingback chair and an ottoman, and I sit in that thing with my robe, and I, I, I sit my coffee, and I am a gentleman. But anyway. The visuals, the visuals. Yeah. Do you have a pipe? Oh, my gosh. I have Phil? a formal robe. No, no, no. Let's not go there. No, I wear, I'm, I'm, I wear pajama pants, you sicko. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family a establishment. This picture of me wearing my flannel pajama pants, or their plaid, their plaid pajama pants, and my plaid robe, different patterns, and my Crocs on. Because <laughs> I, I am that dad. <laughs> but anyway... And so I'm on my way home thinking, okay, I am going to relax. I'm going to go home and just chill out. And just in that moment of just committing to that, I just kind of breathed in and breathed out. And I remembered where my keys were. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that simple. But it's sometimes it's just so powerful. And that's why we need to have those moments where we, we break from work and we play. Mm-hmm. And this supposedly short podcast has gone on for 35 minutes. I know. Well, and in a completely unrelated note from what Eric had said, look for something to come out from church mag in the next couple of weeks. Yes. And de- depending on how the next few weeks go, it'll be a small change or it'll be a big change, but either way, there's going to be a change one way or another. Something will happen and that's okay. Exactly. So here we are all these minutes later, real quick, before we go, I wanted to, to cover a CMAG cast hashtag, because if people use the CMAG hashtag, we will not only respond, but often we will share them on the podcast. So be sure to do that. Uh, several weeks ago, Mike Hamilton, we now know that's his name. Mike Hamilton left a iTunes review and he, he put the name semi Mike. So we made some, Offhanded jokes about if he was a truck driver or somebody. <laughs> offhanded, not off color. I'm no, it was offhanded. In this case, it ultimately evolved into an off-armed joke because <laughs> semi Mike. Because we're, we're stupid. Half a man. Yes. So he <laughs> he sent via Twitter pictures proving that he has arms. With the thumbs up. Those are clearly not his arms. Someone else. I, that's what for I thought. It. 
See, that's what I thought. While now, Mike, <laughs> as convincing as that picture is, and as wonderful as your grin and as handsome as your beard is, the fact that you cropped off the elbows makes us all suspicious. <laughs> This got to a dark level, guys. I'm not going to go along with that joke. Must <laughs> <laughs> be some of that, uh, that, what was that, that dark fairy magic sprinkles or dark something? Dark fairy magic crap. <laughs> yes, dark fairy magic crap. Uh, speaking of iTunes review, uh, B, uh, BK, Beeklingberg said, everything about this podcast is awesome. Uh, they said, your guys' podcast has been so fun for me to listen to. I'm the tech director at the, at my church in Monterey, and being able to listen to you guys talk about the different things I deal with on a daily basis helps me not feel alone. I love your guys' tangents and spouts of nerd knowledge throughout each podcast. And that very reason is why I love doing this podcast is because of that reply. And when people leave those iTunes reviews and then share it on social media, more people get it. And I think since we've been doing these reviews in the last two months, I know you had given us some stats back then. Our numbers have increased 150%. So it's because of those guys sharing this stuff and getting it into the ear holes of other people that were actually able to do this. So hey, not only your whole son, <laughs> not only thank you to the review, but thank you for just sharing it to other people that have that same response because you might have not heard that because someone else didn't share it. So these reviews are amazing. So keep going and leaving them and encouraging people just to li- give it a listen. Exactly. Just, just this past week on the church mag Slack channel. Um, I asked, I asked you guys about the, um, church mag snack packs because they're not the kind of po- they're not the kind of posts that people comment on so there's no comments people don't usually share them because it's just to do the nature of it being kind of a link dump and so you really feel like you're flying blind as far as a blogger goes so you, you don't have heavy page views you don't have lots of shares you don't get any comments so you have really no metric to understand the value but based on your guys's feedback I was able to to figure out that yeah you know there there's there's value and I think that people genuinely enjoy the snack packs and the same goes with a podcast like it's not easy to get any kind of metric and so it's people going out of their way and leaving comments and reviews and interacting you know on social media and stuff like that that's really the only true barometer we have so when we get these reviews it really means a lot and it's super encouraging and uh yeah we just uh thank everyone for listening and and uh, 2015 was our first year that we did the podcast every week and didn't miss, miss a week. And I'm sure glad that uh, we didn't miss a beat. And for all we know, without this feedback, it's just Mike Hamilton listening to this podcast and asking someone else to hit rewind and play over again. So at least we know more people in him's listening. And asking someone because he has no arms. <laughs> Jeremy, you're the worst. <laughs> well, that does it. The final Church Mag podcast of 2015. If you have a podcast idea for 2016, send us a message at churchmag forward slash riddle me this. Until next year. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. God help us. We are terrible people. (laughs) You can direct all emails to phil at churchmag.com. 